0: thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pixel and Graphite Convention Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Sy, And we are here to give you the insider scoops about conventions. We're actually finishing up a three-part miniseries called Getting Started Selling at Conventions.
1: Basically, it's a rough guideline of half of how we do it and the other half just good practice tips mm-hmm. for if you're starting out.
0: Tips are good for beginners and or veterans alike, yeah. so... First off, thank you for tuning in with us. If this is your first time listening to the PGC podcast, um, welcome. We are a convention business where we sell original and fan-based items at different conventions. We started this podcast as a way of helping out beginners and vendors alike. If there is something specific you want to listen to, you are more than welcome to listen to other podcasts. We will still be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are finishing up, as I mentioned before, the three-part miniseries. Last time, we talked about getting a business license and setting up your table, and now we're going to talk about um, the night before the convention and basically the aftermath of everything.
1: Yeah. Basically, if we could name step six, the step six is just going to be the convention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And the convention, believe it or not, starts the night before you actually arrive at the convention, Um, because one pro tip, I don't care how old you are or how much sleep you think you don't need, you need good night's sleep before you head out for a convention, because you're going to be sitting, or maybe sitting and standing, in a hall, in basically one area, for eight to ten hours, depending on your hall hours. Yes. You are going to want to be rested, be perky, and be ready to attack that. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, that's very true, and um, I can already hear the youngsters saying, I can only live on four hours of sleep, Blip blip blip. Well, that may be true in your lovely little world. <laughs> Working at conventions actually does drain yeah. you like, immediately, um, and it could be you talking to people. Um, I do know when you talk at conventions, you tend to speak louder than you normally would, Mm -hmm. so that's already a strain on your throat. (laughs) Um, also, you're, it's kind of in between sitting down and standing up, so that also puts a, it's kind of a strain. Um, sitting down for, like, eight hours is also incredibly hard, no matter what they say. (laughs) That chair can have all the lumbar support in the world, but... (laughs)
1: You're still sitting in it for eight hours. You're still sitting in it for
0: eight hours. So, a lot of stuff can drain you. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, get rested. Mm-hmm. And on the same vein as getting enough sleep, before you head out the night before you head out to the convention, make sure you're all packed, you've checked your list, like, four times, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you have everything you need ready to go, if not in your car, then at the door ready to go towards your car in the morning. Yes. Um. This also includes water and snacks. And some conventions don't let you take... um water, or don't let you take food in, and you just have to be aware of what your convention hall allows, but for the most part, let's assume that your convention vendor hall takes, lets you bring in food, outside food and drink. Um, Bring either water bottles in Mm -hmm. a cooler or a refillable water bottle, because staying hydrated is super important for the entire course of the convention. Being thirsty will actually make you more tired and and grumpy.
0: And cold water just wakes you right up. So. Yeah.
1: And also food. If you can help it, bring no junk food. I know it's really, <laughs> really tempting to go, well, I'm going to bring food for the convention, so I'm just going to bring a bag of chips and cookies. You are going to feel really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially if you bring um, high sodium meals or high sodium foods like chips, jerky, even some cookies, crackers, yeah. cheez its that kind of thing. The so the salt content in that thing is so high, you're gonna get super thirsty. That's just gonna
1: drain you even more. So don't do that. Just some hints if you if you don't like eating healthy, quote unquote. There are lots of energy bars and granola bars and like food bars that are good for you that'll keep you sustained, but don't taste like junk, like health food. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> not like you're. It, it doesn't taste like you're eating. Grass.
1: Yeah, you, you don't have to go outside, cut some grass, put it in a blender, and drink it. <laughs> That's nasty. Grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, some some like typical standbys are like a, a nice blend of trail mix or um, whole nuts like almonds mm. or uh, pistachios and such. Um, they'll just keep you um, fed. It'll keep you sustained, yes. and you won't feel like you want to bite somebody's head off.
0: Yes, and they're actually all energy type foods. So. Yeah handful of almonds will actually give you energy, and not the crazy Red Bull energy. It'll give you a nice calming energy, and that's that's especially what you need at a convention. Yeah. It's a
1: and nice calm vibe. just try not to drink too much like sugary drinks and sodas, because it gives you a great initial burst of energy, but in the end you're going to crash and you're going to feel worse than when you had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that me and Alex in particular sometimes will just need a soda or a Red Bull, and we'll <laughs> drink it. And we won't, like, feel immediate crashes, but we just needed that jolt of energy. Yeah. The occasional junk food is fine. We're That's not going to yeah. kill you, but if all your snacks are junk food, mm-hmm. you need to rethink your snack situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, um... Some convention centers, if not all, have a um, have a small cafeteria or mm-hmm. something to to shop for. So, I mean, nothing's stopping you from getting something to eat there, either.
1: Yeah, but um, mostly the, the convention vendor hall food food's going to be the junk food stuff.
0: Yeah, it's going to be junk food. Um, sometimes they'll sell, like, you know, high-content fatty meals, like um, pizza, hamburgers, yeah. that kind of thing. While they taste amazing, <laughs> sometimes you need something that gives you more energy.
1: And, and keeps you from, like having initial oh i'm full of like grease you don't want that yeah
0: yeah you don't want the itis basically
1: <laughs> so that is definitely um the, the the night before so let's move on to the day of let's say you're you're packed up you you have all your stuff in the car and you've arrived at the convention vendor hall and you have to check in um, checking in will depend on a lot of the convention, whether they have it organized correctly or not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, every convention is gonna be different. Some conventions are gonna be better than others, and some are just going to suck out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, usually, uh, conventions will actually send you a little mini packet for artists saying, here's your check-in area, here's this time you can check in, mm-hmm. and here's, like, a brief step-by-step of what you do to load in and load out. Now, when you get to the load-in area, um... A good practice, especially if you have two people, is to unload everything have the second person stay with the stuff, and go park, and then both of you go in. Mm -hmm. Now, um, before you do that step, though, you want to have one person already gone in and gotten your tags, your table number, and Mm -hmm. just have everything registered so you know where you're going with all your stuff before you unload it all.
0: Also, it's really good since both of you can actually walk to the table together and you both know where it is. (laughs) It
1: worked out okay! Hey!
0: (laughs) So let's say you're already at your table um, and you're setting everything up. By then, you, if you'd followed the previous steps, um, which I'm pretty sure you have, um, you would have looked at the photos of your setup that you did a couple of days before mm-hmm. of your previous table setup. So setting up at the table shouldn't be too hard, but I will say this, it does change.
1: Yes. Uh, occasionally, you will have a, a case where either your table got moved because of a fire safety issue and the convention had to move it, or the table just isn't in the space that the diagram said it should be in. Right. In those cases, you may occasionally have to completely restructure your setup, Mm -hmm. and this is why doing, I believe it was step five, is so important, because playing with setup several days before the convention already gives you an idea of what things will work and what things won't. So if you have to do a setup on the fly you totally have an idea of well I can't do that but I can do this and yeah. it's just the whole being aware what will make your space make sense for what your table looks like and where it is mm-hmm.
0: yeah and sometimes and this happens on a rare occasion um convention staff will move you too yeah so chances are if um if you're guaranteed space 1A you might end up going to space E5 yeah so, it's um, it happens on occasions. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to happen to you, but just something to be aware of. And if it does, don't freak out. Just calmly
1: handle it. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: calmly handle it. It's fine. So, by now, you already have your table set up yep. and everything. Um, Now would be a great time to familiarize yourself with the hall hours, maybe grab a program. And mm. if your neighbors are around you get to know them too
1: but just be be aware let them set up if Mm -hmm. they're setting up don't try and like have a dialogue while they're trying to set up (laughs) because they they may have gotten there late or something or whatever and they may just be in a hurry to set their stuff up
0: (laughs) yeah exactly um i know what we like to do uh because sometimes we'll have our setup done particularly early we'll do is we'll walk around and get used to the hall and just figure out like where favorite artists are going to be, and yeah. if we see them setting up, we'll say a quick hello, and then we'll just jolt away and just do our own thing. Um, also, bear in mind, um, make sure that the hall hours, especially for the vendor halls, are
1: the right hours. Um, and by right hours, uh, I'm just going to be honest, the hours that you get when you get by your table online are not guaranteed to be the same hours that you get when you arrive at the convention. <laughs> and that, for us, it's nine times out of ten that's happened all the vendor hall hours have always changed on us. Yeah. And we're not sure the reason for that. It could just be a whole, the, con- the convention got started and they realized this, something happened that they couldn't control and oh, always change the hours or mm-hmm. what have you. It doesn't matter why, it matters that you're aware. Yes. And most convention vendors um, will actually help you out. If a hall hours change, they will come and they will actually like be like, did you know the hall hours are this? And then... Yes. So a dialogue. But if that doesn't happen, um, you can also ask staff. Just be like, okay, so are the hall hours actually this? Yes. And usually, from what I've seen on the back of your con badge, mm-hmm. they'll actually have they'll the, have the, the hours. hall hours. And those are usually the ones you go with. If those are different than the ones you expect, go with the one on the back of the badge. Because, first of all, all the attendees are getting that badge with that time, so they're going to be expecting that time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so good rule of thumb. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say you're already selling out the convention. This is the moment you've basically been planning for, right? This is what you're looking forward to.
1: Believe it or not, things happen. <laughs> yeah, lots of things can happen. For one, if you happen to um, run out of change, <laughs> um, don't freak out. First of all, if you didn't bring enough change and um, you happen to run out of like 1s or 5s, which are usually the ones you run out of first, mm-hmm. um, it's as easy as leaning over to your neighbor and going, hey, can you break a 20 or break a 10 or whatever. Yes. Most vendor, um, al- your artist deli friends or neighbors... Will actually have no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, some may actually become the uh, go-to vendor, where you are <laughs> like, "I need to break like a twenty for all twenty and ones." Th- go to that vendor; they've got that. I know, right. <laughs> and it's fine. And most vendors will actually help each other like that because they understand the whole need for change. Right now, little um, side note about change: the amount of change you bring should be. The sweet spot is between 50 and 100, and that's your safe area. That's the area you know, okay, I am not going to run out of change. Right. Um, as a rule, um, for bigger cons, 100's the actual minimum, because mm-hmm. you are going to break, go through it. And always assume you'll be breaking 20s. Um, first day, 20s are the first thing you see. Because all ATMs spit out 20s. <laughs> Very true. So, um, if you have a uh, have like 25 in ones, and then you break your uh, fives and tens between the other $75, you should be safe for mm-hmm. the, the entirety of the con. Yeah. Now, occasionally you may actually have more or less, and that's when you just go to another con vendor and go, can you break this for me? And they're fine. Yeah. But, um, don't freak out if you want to change. It's a is actually a very common first-year problem, so yeah. no one's going to be like, oh, you're out of change, or, yes. well, we can't help you because you're out of change. No one's going to do that to you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if they do, ignore them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Please, because yeah. that's just not nice. <laughs> yeah. That's rude.
0: <laughs> um, another couple of things you also see, you'll probably see like a bunch of cosplayers and stuff. Those are always fun to look at. Yeah. Um, you also see a bunch of kids running around and having good times. I mean, those are the things that I love watching. I remember... One time at a convention, I saw a bunch of uh, cosplayers doing a conga line. That was fun. That was cute, actually. Oh, yeah, I was like, Aw. yeah. You,
1: you'll, you'll see a lot of cute and random things yes. at convention. Floor, <laughs> but as for things that can go wrong, um, on top of chains, other things can go wrong at your table.
0: Uh, you're looking at if your display falls. Yeah, <laughs> that can happen. Um, a theft, yes. probably. Um, let's see what else. Um, if you have to move in the middle of the convention, I never seen someone move in the middle of the con though
1: I have once yeah. at our first sabo, we had a neighbor mm-hmm. who they were a, a plushy um builder, and they had so much stuff mm-hmm. that they just they were blocking the end cap of the of the uh, mm. aisle and they had to be moved for a safety issue, and they moved the entire table lock stock and barrel in the middle of the con actually going in progress. yes,
0: I remember that. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, she sold, a, she sewed. Yeah,
1: so there's yeah. going to be, there may be times when they actually move you in the middle of a con for a safety issue, mm-hmm. and it sucks. I know it sucks. Yeah. But just take it calmly, be polite, and mm-hmm. move. Yeah, and,
0: um, and that's probably a, kind of a small segue into etiquette mm-hmm. for vendors. Always that backspace behind you is meant for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a small, a small bubble for you and your table, but just as a rule of thumb, don't put all your stuff in the middle of the, of yeah. the aisle, because um,
1: everybody's walking through through there. Yeah. The middle of the aisle and behind tables are not just to stack stuff. It's for people to move safely back and forth. Yes. And um, if you've got, like, chests that are have all your product, that you need, and you need them out and you're digging through them, be aware of your neighbors so that you're yeah. not blocking them or their table or their access to their stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you may come into an, uh, a problem where you have a, a neighbor who does that. Just be kind and just gently mention, oh, I need to get this, could you please move that? Yeah. Most vendors who do that aren't even realizing they're doing it, so yeah. <laughs> just a polite reminder and they'll go, oh, I'm so sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Most people are perfectly fine with, like, you moving stuff around, as long as you let them know, and it's not a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, don't just grab somebody else's stuff
1: and chuck it. That's rude. (laughs) Yeah, that's just wrong.
0: (laughs) Um, A couple of things that can also go wrong is, um, I really wouldn't call it going wrong, it just happens, is when you get that unexpected downtime. Yeah. And um, there will always be downtime in a hall. You'll notice that it's always empty. Yep. Um, Or if it looks empty or if it's dead or something. Chances are there's a huge thing going on and everybody wants to go see it. If it's a panel, a a meet and greet, what have you. It could be anything. But there's always going to be downtime. Don't get frustrated when that happens. It just happens. And chances are once that event is over, the hall is going to be packed.
1: (laughs) So. Yeah, it's a good rule of thumb that to realize, even though the vendor hall is the quote-unquote heart of a convention, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on around that vendor hall that is why people come from miles and states and sometimes countries away oh, yeah. to go to cons. You have special guests, you have mm-hmm. special actors, you have panels or workshops and with these special artists, and it's one of those people don't come just to shop, they come to experience yeah. these people that are taking time to come to this convention. So, don't get discouraged at down times. Just realize that you're not the entire convention. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. A um, couple other things you can learn. If you have to go to the bathroom, you're by yourself. Yeah. yeah. What this, do you do in that situation?
1: This is where making friends with your neighbors comes in super handy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, some if you're especially if you're doing it solo and you don't have a partner or um, a, aren't sharing a table, you need to make friends. Yes. Because... Um, you're going to have to go to the bathroom, you're going to have to go get stuff to eat or something, and if you're alone, you've got no one to watch your table. <laughs> and that's really, really sad, because some people are just so brand new, and, they're, and they may have a neighbor that's not that talkative or not that friendly, mm-hmm. and you don't feel, like, comfortable leaving your money <laughs> and your table in their hands, but sometimes, that this is why it's so important that on um, first day, yeah. you start, like, talking and making friends, and going, can you watch my table while I do this, and yeah. I'll watch your table while I do this. We've done that with almost every neighbor we've had, either behind us or next to us. Like, if they go, I have to go run to do something, can you watch my table? I'm like, totally, sure.
0: Yeah, sure, and I become the vendor for, like, five minutes. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like stepping out of my world and going into theirs, like, yes, hello, I
1: sell t-shirts. Yeah, so, um, also, just a pro tip, let's not even a tip, it's just a note, um, if you are near us in a vendor artist alley, or over your neighbor's, <laughs> You are always safe to leave your table with us. We will watch your table like a (laughs) hawk. Yes,
0: definitely. Let's see. What else? Um, Well, that's kind of like some of the things that could, you know, go wrong in a sense. Um, Let's talk about things that go right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, go right could be that you make sales.
0: (laughs) Hey, there you go. Well, um, in that aspect, let's talk about, like, making sales. Um, Selling, I... For one part, I love sales. That's just that's just me. I'm a natural salesperson. That's the
1: retail side of you speaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like I'm at an interview, and I'm doing it's like, well, I'm a natural salesperson. Yes. Yeah. So what are my greatest weaknesses? None. None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could do an entire episode on how to make and how to break sales and that kind of thing. So um, we, we won't go too much into it. We'll probably give you a couple of tidbits here and there. Um, well, first thing about making sales and here's a little pro tip. Always look up. Yep. Look up. And, um, by looking up, always acknowledge that there's somebody in front of your table. Um, say hello, you know, create a dialogue, talk to them a little bit and don't force yourself to, I'm not saying that you should force yourself into being this pushy salesperson. Basically all I'm asking is to recognize that there is somebody at your table and they're looking at your stuff and they might be interested in buying something.
1: And also, it's a great way to deter those people who are there to steal stuff, um, because you're letting them know, "I see you, and I know you're here." N- there, the majority of people who come to a con are not there to steal from you, just just to make that yeah. statement. But you do have some people who do. Like at our last uh, con, actually not our last con, two cons back, our neighbor, um, she actually did have her head up, but she was like, she her display was so um, cluttered, that there was a, a blind corner that she couldn't see. Mm. And she'd later, at that con, heard some kids bragging about having stolen stuff from her. Oh. Yeah. And, um, it was one of those... I was like, because, like, I, I, was, I didn't see it at all because of our displays were so close to each other that I couldn't see her blind corner, but mm-hmm. I could see ours. Right. So, it's one of those, I'm like, I will try and keep an eye on your corner because that is just... And it's one of these, these were not, like, a little $1 or $3 thing she got stolen. These are like $25, yeah. like, um, elaborate leatherwork, I think they were. And I yeah. was like, that is not okay. You don't... No, you don't steal. Yeah, and so so she had overheard that in, like, I think it was a bathroom or something, and it's just one of those, whoa, 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 whoa. This is also why it's so, so important to not just have your head up, but be aware of your blind areas. Yes. And... Also, where setup comes in, you have to make sure your setup doesn't have this blind areas you can't see.
0: Yes, it's very important that you know where your product is. Also, figure out where your blind spots are because you don't want that to happen to you. Definitely don't want people stealing from you. That's just, that's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> people go to jail for that, guys. Let's. Yeah, think about and it. just because you mentioned Hall doesn't make it any less of a theft. Yeah. <laughs> it actually makes it worse because someone spent the time and effort yeah. to make that product and bring it there.
0: It does. It makes it even worse. Shame on those of you who stolen. Shame on you. Go turn yourself in. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another pro tip. Besides, you know, looking at somebody, um, encourage them to hold whatever it is they're looking at. Except if it's a print. I'm not sure if they can do
1: that. Um, Usually you don't have to encourage print holding unless mm-hmm. it's like a special type of print. Yeah. Like I've seen like the lustrous prints that like shimmer and you want them to pick it up and make it shine. And make it shiny, yeah. Um, But um, that usually only happens where you want them to pick it up with like books or mm-hmm. 3D items. You want them to touch it and, and like... Attached to it. <laughs> um, if you have a lot of items like that, you just really need to be aware of your blind spots because that make, because it's so easy to pick up and touch, it's also so easy to pick up and take. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So, just be aware of that. Um, but I, I can safely say that um, these two tips will probably give you a ten percent um, raise in your sales.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they're just really simple um, things to do that you don't have to be an epic salesperson. To look up, say hi, and smile occasionally. Yeah. It's nothing you have to, you don't have to change your personality. You don't have to suddenly become Wonder Woman, uh, the Wonder Woman of sales. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't have to be that used car salesman that everybody
1: hates. Yeah, you just basically. Make people aware that you're there, you're accessible, and if they want to make a purchase, mm-hmm. you're right here. Yes. If they don't,
0: it's okay if they walk away. I always say the worst thing you can do to sabotage yourself in sales is not acknowledging that there's somebody there. From a customer's point of view, if you walk to a booth and the artist or the vendor is not looking at you, it it can come off as rude.
1: Yeah. And even if you're not intending to be, it just comes off as, I you don't want me to be here, so I'll just leave. Yeah. And, I mean... We've had we've had neighbors where they were like that sort of quiet, were just shy and had their head down. Or in some cases, they were even doing commissions. And mm-hmm. uh, just a caveat: if you're doing commissions and you're solo, I would definitely consider getting a partner or a helper because when you're doing commissions, your head can't be up because you're working.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you definitely need those extra pair of eyes. On your booth as well.
1: Yeah, but if you are busy doing commissions or something, and people are coming by your table and just stopping, and you're not seeing them, a lot of them may walk away just because they know you're busy and don't want to interrupt you, mm-hmm. or they feel like you're like, well, you're not really interacting, so I'll just go.
0: Yeah, it's like, you don't want to talk to anybody, so I'm just, I won't talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's it's one of those things. Um, just bear in mind. <laughs> um, when people don't look up, that's kind of like a pet peeve of mine, but... It it happens. Yeah. You know. All right. So that was basically step six. And that's basically what may or may not happen while you're selling. Um,
1: it's basically just some um, heads up for what you might run into. Mm-hmm. You may or may not. I mean, likely you would probably run into maybe like two of like the ten things we mentioned or just <laughs> even one. But yeah. it's just be aware that this might occur and yeah. we don't want you to freak out, especially if you're a first year vendor.
0: Exactly. The main goal is to just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Enjoy what you're doing. And also, plan to go to some of these events that are happening on at the convention. If there's a panel you want to see that happens to happen after the hall closes, go see it. Yeah. Yeah go look at the masquerade. Enjoy the
1: con. You literally paid to be there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's basically it. Uh, But let's talk after the convention has ended. Everybody's leaving. It is time to tear everything down. Yeah. We'll move on
1: to step seven. seven. After con.
0: After con. (laughs) It's kind of a bittersweet moment. Yeah. Because you're happy that it's over because your body is tired (laughs) and you're ready to go home. But it's also kind of sad because hopefully at this point you've met so many people and you made so many new friends and you're just you're leaving them you know and that's why I mentioned that like conventions a little bit like um summer camp (laughs) where (laughs) everybody's like oh I'll see you next year so tear down
1: yeah basically uh, um here's just some things to look for or to be aware of when you're tearing down first of all uh tear down after the con is usually the most like the most action you'll get for artist trades. Mm -hmm. Most artists who um, do trades will do it at that last day right when you're tearing down because, first of all, um, I've noticed two reasons why that is. One, because they don't want to take away sales from you. I'm like, and if they really, really want it and want to make sure they get it, they'll actually buy it from you. And that's a really cool thing for people to do. Um, sometimes it's just that there's no time, so they have no time to get to your table, and they're like, "I yeah. really want to trade with you. Could you save it for me?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Sure, whatever." <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a great time when you have artists running from one end of the artist hall to the other, going, "Okay, let's do that trade," or "Do you do trades?" or whatever. It's a really great atmosphere because yeah. the artists actually get to like. Interact and like talk more mm-hmm. and it's one of those we get to admire each other's work and trade for it and it's it's just a really cool sort of thing that happens at the end of a con.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I always like that. Um I always like it and it's all I always kinda get bummed out when I see like my buddies leaving and yeah. stuff. But it's it's that whole manic rush at the <laughs> end we're like, Do you do traits? 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 Yeah. Traits traits? Traits. traits? <laughs>
1: So, um... Yeah, but after the trades are over, you're basically gonna tear down your your, your um setup, and um, I know you're tempted to just tear all the grid wire down <laughs> and throw it in a box and not care about it. Yes. If you want to not give yourself stress, or if you're super OCD, just be intentional how you're tearing down and, yeah. like, store things nicely in your boxes, and that way you when you get back from the con, you don't feel like you have a giant mess in the back of your car.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's the last thing you want. Yeah. Um, also, uh, bear in mind, if you have, if you attached your grid wires with zip ties, it always helps to have wire clippers just to tear those things apart because they are stupid hard to get rid of if you only
1: have scissors. Yeah. Scissors, (laughs) those things kill scissors. Yes. (laughs) Um, so basically when you're tearing down, just a couple quick tips to keep in mind. One, keep your, make sure you leave the area the way you found it. Which includes, like, take all your stuff, pack all your stuff, fold everything away, and once you have everything packed and out of the way, just look for extra big pieces of trash that you may have left, or mm-hmm. just random stuff, and take your tablecloth, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, And just keep it neat, make it clean, and then go. Because usually most conjunctions won't, like, have a process where you have to go check out. Yeah. They'll you'll, just, you'll just be able to take your stuff, and put leave. it in your car, and leave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's that. Um, And then once you're there, you can just go home. Yeah go home rest um for us usually we always have kind of a a day where we just unwind and yeah. detox from the convention and kinda just settle back into normal life, which is kinda sad because leaving con life and going back into regular life is always a little bit
1: awkward. Yeah, it's what's really interesting is we're strange because our full-time job is actually artists. So we go from the the high of being an artist to the drudgery of being (laughs) an (laughs) artist. And that usually means inventory. Ugh. Like so basically after you've rested, it is a very good tip to take inventory to basically count what's left of what you have and if you followed our step 5 I think it was somewhere it was somewhere in there you should already have a list of what number of items you brought with you to the con mm-hmm. so account with what for what's left and compare the two by doing this you actually get an idea of what sold well what didn't do well what should have moved but didn't mm-hmm. what didn't move and just probably won't or or my personal favorite are the thing that moved and you're like, why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that has happened to us several times too where yeah. we will see something and we would say with confidence we're going to sell out of these and we don't. Yeah. And then we'll see something that we just did and we're like, we're not going to sell any of these and all of a sudden they're gone. It's like, why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I'd rather have the latter problem than the former because yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, I love those surprises of like, oh, we sold like out of this. I'm like, I didn't even set to sell one. I'm actually kind of <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not <laughs> mad. I'm just surprised. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I mean, in instances, instances like that, it also gives you an idea for what to plan for. Mm-hmm. If you're planning to do this either full-time or once a year, what to do for the next con. Yeah. <laughs> and it's basically a nice time of getting to um, see what sort of items people really enjoyed mm-hmm. and what sort of items that eh, people didn't take them, but I'm still confident that they'll sell. Or... Well, I didn't sell and just like, okay, I should probably just chuck that.
0: Yeah. Which Wait. is
1: also why it's so important not to have more items than less. <laughs> yes.
0: And stuff so you can retire. Um, this is also a good time to see how much um, money you made during the convention. Taking into account um, your table costs, hotel costs, printing costs, that kind of stuff. See yeah. what you made for profit. That's also kind of fun. It's it's a lovely surprise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, usually, I would suggest doing a nightly recap. If you count all your money, every at the end of each night, and mm-hmm. that way you can keep account. First of all, if you lose money between one day and the next, you'll know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, second, it also gives you a clue into how close you are to breaking even, and that way you know. Okay, I've hit my mark of this is I made back all my product cost, table mm-hmm. cost, hotel cost. Now this is all profit, and right. it's honestly more. It's honestly just to encourage you to for each day rather than just to be like money minded. Yeah. Because you don't want to like think you made hundreds and hundreds of dollars and realize you made 50. Yeah, <laughs> <all ones. laughs>
0: yeah. Those ones are tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's also a good point. Um, let's see. Afterwards, um, I think after all that's over, you can actually take time to write down a convention recap of your experience at the convention, um, on your social media sites. If you have a Tumblr or anything else, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook.
1: Facebook. Um, I will say this, um, if you've been at the con for any amount of time, you probably collected business cards, probably multiple. (laughs) Um, and especially if you had really nice vendor buddies that you made and you probably collected their information, go follow them. Go interact with them outside of the con. Because it's really nice to see artists connecting with each other, um, not just at the con, but elsewhere. And it's just really nice having a network of people that you know, understand the thing you're getting into, yes. and are also into it with you, so... Mm-hmm. And you, as well, for the person who has followed these people, also update your art sites yes. and social media. Because <laughs> it's really easy, if you do cons time like we do, to go, Alright, I have a Tumblr, or I have a Twitter, or I have a Facebook... I never post anything anymore because I'm working 24-7 on products. Yeah. It happens. (laughs) For us, more times than we think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if, if you have that problem post-work-in-progresses of your products you're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have to be a secret. You can get people excited before you actually finish them. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And also, a good rule of thumb is um, what I like to tell artists is be excited about what you're doing. Yeah. And show show it off. You know, um, one thing I used to share when, back in the day when I was a comic artist, was basically be your biggest fan. Yeah. And because if you're somebody's biggest fan, you're going to be pushing your your stuff in other people's faces, basically. And um, so it's okay to show off your work. And this is a a good way to just, you know, you'll be getting people who will start want to start following you, and you'll start following people, I mean...
1: And to work off of that, actually, um, when you are your biggest fan, it doesn't matter if you've got one follower or 100. Mm -hmm. And if you can be excited about what you're doing, the work you're starting... You can be a dork and be talking to just yourself, and it's fine. Um, as a comic artist, too, um, when I was starting, I had, like, no following and no people, and I just honestly, I had fun talking to myself half the time when I was posting pages. I was like, Dude. I would do author commentary, i just talk random, like, no one may read this, but I'm having fun. <laughs> exactly. And it happens. <laughs>
0: So, um, is there anything else to add on afterwards, after all that convention is said and done, and you're done preparing? and.
1: Uh, actually, I will give you one tip, actually. After you've done inventorying, you're done, everything's put away, your products are away, and you're going back into, quote-unquote, the 9-to-5 real world, yeah. um, one thing to keep in mind is to follow the social media of the con you just went to, mm-hmm. because if you didn't buy the table at the con you are going to be wanting to be aware of when the con opens table purchases for the next year. Right. And um, if you want to do another con that's coming up sooner than the one next year, find another con. Yeah. Um, you can look around online, Google cons in your area, or um, reference our first podcast of this mini-series where we covered a few sites that actually highlight websites that do con listings. Yes. And find a con that's near you that you can do f- next.
0: Yeah, and if this was your... First convention, this would be a good way to figure out if you want to do it again next year. Yeah, exactly. So, so important things to take note is that, um, you know, don't take things a little bit too personal. Mm-hmm. I would say, especially if you didn't sell as much, because um, there will be some instances where you'll go to a show and you just won't sell anything at all. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of variables to think about that. Like, was it a big convention? where there a lot of people to begin with? Um, were the people selling the exact same stuff as you. You know, it's just so much to just to think about.
1: And I will say this, um, for if you come back from a con and you've done badly, like you didn't break even mm-hmm. or you didn't even make back your table costs, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. It's okay. <laughs> because first cons are always hard, and if you go in not sure if you're gonna do well or not. Air towards assuming you won't do well, and I know that sounds counterintuitive. Like you like I should be excited. You said I should be excited, but if this is your first con and you are not well known and you are not sure if the art you brought will sell, just be less focused on the money and more focused on the experience. Because mm-hmm. I will give you a little insider look at Pixel and Graphite itself. The first convention Pixel and Graphite did that before we formed Pixel and Graphite, we didn't break even. We didn't yep. even get close to... We didn't even make like our table costs. <laughs> or our hotel costs or anything. We could have been super discouraged by that and just stopped doing conventions altogether. Mm-hmm. But we decided to go, alright, we love the experience of the convention. I think if we did this right, we could do it full time. And so we spent a year completely reconfiguring how we did our table and how we how we did product. And we came back, we formed Pixel and Graphite, and the rest is history. <laughs>
0: And I will say this, too, kind of a a small confession. There have been times where we wanted to stop.
1: Yes. (laughs) We were just tired of, like, being concerned about not getting enough cash at a convention. Mm -hmm. Just the stress of so much product. We have to get the product done. I don't know if we have enough time or money to do this. Mm -hmm. It's, doing conventions full time and doing art full time is stressful. It is. And it's so easy to want to give up. Especially if you have one huge failure or setback. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you, especially if this is your first con and you fail and you fail hard, don't give up yet. If this is something you really, really want to do and Mm -hmm. you think you can do it and this is just one failure, learn from it as much as you can and then move forward.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it took us a year to learn from that one experience. (laughs) It did. So
0: it did, and we're we're here. Yeah,
1: and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <Okay. So. laughs>
0: I really hope you guys enjoyed this three part mini series on getting started selling at conventions. I really hope it helped you guys out.
1: Yeah, um, and don't take this as like the be all end all of doing conventions. Mo- the majority of these this podcast series was just our opinions and our experiences. Yeah. And also a healthy dose of just good practices that most people Mm -hmm. already know as veteran vendors.
0: Yeah, and if you're a veteran and you learned something new today, that's great. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) If not, that's okay, too. (laughs) Thank you for listening anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So before that, want to say thank you again for listening in if... You would like to follow us on our social media sites, you're more than welcome to. We encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a Facebook page where we do post every so often. It is Pixel and Graphite. You can also follow our Twitter, which is Pixel Graphite, our Instagram, Pixel and Graphite, and our Tumblr, which has the same name, Pixel and Graphite. Feel free to check out our store, which is pixelandgraphite.ticktail.com. Um, you'll be able to see what we have on sale. Um, one of our newer items is our Love Your Gamer tote bag, um, which we have available. It's actually very popular. Mm -hmm. We showed it off at Phoenix Comic Con, and the gal who won it is really excited to have it. I'm
1: so excited that she's excited. She's very
0: happy about it. She's been tweeting and Instagramming about it for a long time. And speaking of games, our next event that we will be attending is Game on Expo, which is in Mesa. And that is on August 5th through the 7th. So we really hope to see you guys there. Um, We will be attending. That's about it. Feel free to listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And um, if you would like to sponsor us and learn a little bit more about the show, definitely feel free to visit our Patreon. Um, We are Pixel and Graphite on there. You'll be able to get firsthand notifications on when podcasts will be available. You'll be the first people to hear the podcast. You'll be able to get transcripts and notes. And you'll also listen to a bunch of blooper reels where we just... Failed at life. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> we just faff about and just be dorks. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to the Pixel and Graphic Convention Podcast. This is Alex. And I'm Sai. And hopefully we'll be able to see you again on our next episode. Bye! Bye.